Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, it's been quite an eventful week to talk about. We've obviously had a 9-0 win, which we talked about in our previous podcast called Come Nine With Me. And uh, we've also had the protest. We had the great win against Bolton. To help me talk through it for a bit is Alex. How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Paul. Um, as you say, it's been an eventful week, so lots of news to kind of digest and discuss. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of all been upbeat, which is a little bit a little bit odd for Reading, isn't it, in the last few years? Yeah, it's been strangely uh <laughs> strangely upbeat, really, hasn't it? Everything has been uh, positive for the last week or so. Um just waiting for that kind of moment to everything to come crashing down around you, right? That's kind of the way it's been with Reading in recent years. So hopefully not. I mean, if we can, you know, tap up uh, and end the week with like a, you know, three points away in, in Blackpool, that would be delightful. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we had come on to how our record at Blackpool is uh, pretty abysmal recently. But if you do want to listen back to the podcast that we did about the protest, and the win over Bolton. Go and find a uh, game set and match. A little bit of tennis-related uh, content in there as well for you. Well, Blackpool. We have not won that for a long, long time, Alex. Uh, tell us about that one. Yeah, I think the last time we won there in the league, at least, was 2001. I think it might have been the season we got promotion from League One. Well, Division Two, as it was at the time. Um you know, 22 years ago. We won there in the FA Cup a few years ago in a, in a replay, uh, 2-0. But yeah, it's been 22 years in the league and we, we don't have a very good record at Blackpool, I'll be honest. The last couple of trips up there have been pretty miserable. Last year, we obviously lost on the first day of the season. We lost 1-0. The year before, we went up there and we took the lead 1-0. And I think that was maybe Paul Ince's second or third game in charge, maybe third game in charge. And we went 1-0 up and ended up losing 4-1. And it's, yeah, it's not a particularly happy hunting round, I think, for Reading, really. No, 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 it's a particularly bad one, isn't it? I mean, if you look at the game that we obviously had uh, during the week, do you think any of those players will be forcing their way into the first team? Or do you think he's going to stick with the team that we had against Bolton Wanderers? I'm not sure any of the t- players who started on Tuesday against Exeter will end up starting against Blackpool necessarily. Um Sellers has kind of made it quite clear, I think, from 
both these team selections and the, and the comments he's made in like the fans forum and things like that around he sees those kind of cut games as an opportunity to give minutes to players who won't necessarily get minutes anyway and when you look at the, the selection on on Tuesday night you, you've got players like Makaru, McIntyre started for example, Harley Dean started and I think it's not necessarily a second string team but it's a team who are pushing to get bench spots, push, pushing to get starts in the league. But I think after last Saturday, it's going to be difficult for any of them to take a spot away from somebody who, who started last week, really. Um, I can't I can't really think of anyone who's going to be able to just push their way into a starting slot on Saturday. The bench may be different. I think we might, you know, might see a few, few bench, bench changes, but I think the starting 11 should probably remain the same at the weekend. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I don't see any players that played last Saturday that I thought, oh, they've played really poorly. In fact, most of them, I thought the complete opposite, to be to be honest. I, I don't see anyone who we should make an obvious change for. Um, I, just I think the obvious the ones, that... the obvious ones to me would be Carson probably will make the bench. I think he had a yeah, really I can see the, the bench place. Maybe, yeah, I can see that. And maybe yeah. Michael Craig makes the bench as well. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I think he had it's quite just a good nice game that we well. might have depth, though, Alex. A little bit of depth in the yeah, squad. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, they're all quite young, a lot of them, but it's still a little bit of kind of like vary up a bit. Yeah, we're talking about like you know having depth and not making any changes, and then we're looking at the team who played on Tuesday. And you've got players like Ben Elliott, and we're saying, oh, Ben Elliott, and will he start at the weekend? Probably not. And actually, he's, like he's a ridiculous talent, isn't he? Given the you know, given the level that we're playing, he's a great talent. And yet we, we're not really sure whether he'll start at the weekend or not. I think maybe he should start, but I don't think he will start this weekend. Um, and then, we, yeah, we've, we've got a, a really good amount of depth now all of a sudden, whereas, what, two months ago, it looked like we, we would struggle to even put out a first team. Um, so it's like credit to the academy, because the academy is what's kind of driven that that depth, really. Yeah, I mean, the academy has been fantastic. Noel Hunt and Michael Jilks and all the people involved with that are really keeping the team going, basically, and have been for the last couple of months now. Um, yeah, Ben Elliott's a tough one, isn't it? Because he's clearly good enough to be in the team, but I don't see how you get him into the team at the moment, which is a good problem. He will get in eventually, I, I assume, unless you change the formation, which... I don't think Ruben Sellers is likely to do it at all. He's I very, think he's very stuck on that formation. He's very, very stuck on four two two two. I think really the only position that Ben Elliott can come in for, I, it would be very harsh to, to drop Femi Aziz because I think he had a very good game last weekend. Um, I think the only other option would be potentially to take out Harvey Nibs. I don't think that's going to happen though. Harvey Nibs, I think, has started nearly every game. Um, it would be nice to see Ben Elliott in the centre because, you know, I think that's kind of his strongest position playing in the centre. However, is he going to drop Charlie Savage? I don't think so. And I think Sam Hutchinson is is kind of needed. You need a player like Sam Hutchinson, someone who's going to just be able to, to break up play in the centre of the park a bit. And I don't really think that Sam Hutchinson will get dropped, therefore. So it's it's difficult to see where Ben Elliott kind of takes a spot from somebody else, even though... You know he's he's putting in the performances that probably warrant a, a starting spot at the minute. Yeah, I mean, uh, moving on to the strikers, I think somebody really excites me is Don Ballard. I mean, you just see him play, and the what way he did when he came on during the week, he scores two, he sets up a couple, he, he gets in the right spots, doesn't he? And even in that brief 
not brief, but the way he played last Saturday against Bolton, he missed a couple of opportunities, but he, he links the play so nicely and he's quick, isn't he? He had a great opportunity against Bolton, didn't he? I mean, he's, he's a player who's really exciting to watch. And the player he reminds me of, and you'll have to correct me if you can think of somebody who's a better kind of match for him, but it, he, he really gives me that kind of fox-in-the-box vibes of somebody who's there to just snaffle chances and take away chances. Um, I don't know why, but he gives me Adam LaFondra vibes all over. That's a high bar. <laughs> That's a very high bar, isn't it? In the box, you know, I will wait and see whether he kind of gets yeah. to that level. But like, he just gives me that kind of that kind of vibe of, of he's always in the right place, and that is the one thing that Lafondra always kind of had about him. He was always in the right spot, um, along with being, you know, a very good finisher. So, yeah, this weekend up front, it's I, I think Ballard will start again, hmm. and yeah, uh, Smith. It doesn't seem like Smith is fit. Yeah, I think he's close. From what Sellers has said, it was kind of like a week away, maybe two weeks. And we know he's back training. Um, but it, I think it's probably going to be too soon for him this weekend at, at Blackpool. And maybe we'll see him kind of maybe midweek against Northampton or or next weekend. Yeah, I think the last thing we need to do at the moment is rush him. But we don't need to get him back in the team quicker than he needs to be. Let's make sure he's completely right. And then we can see how it goes. So, talk about Don Ballard. I think outside the box, he looks fantastic there. He's got yeah, really, I mean, really good link, link up play and ability to see a pass. I think is hard. The the thing that really excites me about him is the fact that he kind of stands on the last defender a lot of the time as well, and and he's willing to make that run past the last defender. He, when you've got somebody like that, and you've then got players like you know Elliot or Savage in behind him, or even Eve Isherman actually, who's going to be able to to play the ball in behind the defender and allow Ballard with who you said has got ridiculously good pace. He's very quick. It gives you the opportunity to play in behind, play in behind the defense and, and be able to, you know, try and exploit those, those kind of slower defenders as it were. Yeah. Who would have thought we didn't sign Theo from Southampton, but we've ended up with someone who's possibly actually a better prospect and uh, get to be better for us. Do you think that's controversial take or do you think that's maybe right? <laughs> I, 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 I maybe, uh, maybe I'm not sure he's quite as good as Phil, we'll put just yet. But you know, at his peak, his peak, Phil was class, but it, not there now, is he? Clearly, he's yeah. Good. I mean, it's 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 a take. I'll give you that. It's a take. Let's hot take. Let's wait until Ballard has got his first goal before we proclaim him. You know, the next England striker. Anyway. Well, he got two during the week. It's in the pizza cup, isn't it? But doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, admittedly. Right, then let's do a prediction now for a game at Blackpool. What are you going to say, Alex? Well, yesterday when I recorded with uh, the uh, It's Not Orange podcast, I said 1-1 because I really just don't rate our, our record at Blackpool whatsoever. And it feels like an away win has to come at some point in the league. And I want to change my mind and say 2-1 to Reading, but I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick and I'll say 1-1. And, you know, hopefully then we get the midweek midweek away win at Northampton and get that kind of hoodoo off our backs. Yeah, I'm going to continue with my 2-1 away win for Reading because until we win away, I'm just going to keep saying it because at some point it's going to happen. So thanks for listening to this part. There was a hot take there about Theo Walcott. I'm well and truly happy to put that in. So thanks a lot. And uh, we now have Alex talking to a Blackpool fan. Welcome back to the Elm Park Royals preview show. I've been joined by Tom from the It's Not Orange podcast. Tom, how are you doing today? 
Yeah, very well, mate. How are you? Pretty good after Reading's 9-0 thumping in the week. But unfortunately, I don't get to discuss that with you. As we're here to discuss Blackpool this weekend and Reading's trip up there. Blackpool this season so far, you're sitting in mid-table. And to me, it feels like that's maybe a bad start. How, how are Blackpool fans kind of seeing it so far this season? I think, yeah, they echo your your sentiments, really. I think if we played better, then with the mid-table current position wouldn't be so bad. I just think it's been such a slow start, both both points-wise and performance-wise. We've, we've had very little positive performances to kind of feed from in, in terms of how we think our season is going to grow. Although being early doors, we haven't shown signs of sort of too many positive performances so far. Yeah, I mean, looking at the table currently, and I think Blackpool are one of the lowest scorers in the league. Obviously, we've got Cheltenham down there who haven't yet scored a goal, and they're sitting bottom of the table. Um, but Blackpool have only scored four goals this season so far. And I have to be honest, I kind of expected, you know, I know that Jerry Yates obviously left in the summer, but I thought maybe Blackpool would uh, be a bit stronger going forwards. What's kind of been the issue with uh, with goal scoring? Because I think there was this point in the season, you had three nil-nils in a row, right? Yep. Um, it's chance creativity and it's predominantly, as I was talking, sort of alluding to earlier, when it comes to the setup, um, we play sort of a 3-5-2-5, 3-2, and we play a winger right wing back um, and we play a very talented right back at, at, at right wing back, sorry, um, or left wing back, sorry, in in, in Lions, who, who's who's away at the moment due to, to a personal um, issue. But he was incredible in the championship and, and very creative. Um, but he's kind of been blunted a little bit by, by this sort of five at the back formation. So although we weren't conceding goals, we weren't having enough in the middle of the park slash up front to sort of create chances and hurt teams. And against Burton, we looked we looked brilliant. And we know how Burton's season has kind of continued so far. This season, we scored two two goals in the first half. Shane Lavery, who, who's been on fire pre-season, scored a double. And we thought, you know, the season's going to kick on from here. But alas, the chance creation wasn't, wasn't there. And Lavery's now been injured and we got a good win against Wigan where we scored two goals in, in Rhodes and Dougal in the last minute. But we, 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 although we've on paper created chances in the XG sometimes been there alongside the passing, it's often been a sideways pass or a, or a pass around the back and we haven't really cut teams open. Um, so I think that's where our creativity and our, our lack of goal scoring comes from. And we have yet to see could score from score away from home in the league as well, which emphasises the fact that we set up not to concede more so than to show our show our true colours and, and want to attack teams. Obviously, in the minute, Neil Critchley is the manager at Blackpool and he had quite a successful period with you from, what, 2020 through to kind of the end of 2021, I think it was, or no, middle of 2022 before he left for Aston Villa. And he's come back is it a different style to to what was previous when you got promotion under him the first time or or is it kind of a a new style with this more defensive setup under him yeah we were just discussing on our pod really we don't we thought after Appleton and McCarthy would have an identity players would know their roles a lot more and it's certainly a different style because we haven't played players in the natural position all season so as I was alluding to Hamilton and Lyon are playing wing wing back um, 
we haven't really played an out and out winger to try and hurt teams. We've played like three central players with no meaningful role in there. So it's certainly a different setup and one we've yet to see his thought process come to fruition. And he hasn't sort of chopped and changed it to each opponent as he previously did, where he was very meticulous in the way he set up. Um, you know, you saw against Reading a couple of times where he went one nil up at Bloomfield Road and we won four one, or you went two 0 up at. Um, at your ground and, and we won 3-2 because he made changes and he, and he made those differences, if that makes us a bit what Sellers has been doing um, when, you, when you sort of spoke about Bolton. So I don't really know what he's trying to achieve yet at Blackpool. Um, and there's a lot of football played between now and January where he can sign players to kind of keep doing what he's doing and it, and it not really having a tiresome effect with the Blackpool fans. So I don't want to speak too negatively of Neil because... Previously, we weren't high goal scorers, but we did know exactly how we were going to set up and we knew how to hurt teams. And this time we know how we're going to set up, but we're not hurting teams. We're respecting them too much, in my opinion. Yeah, it's strange that, I guess, with um, with that kind of like setup of, of wanting to, to give teams respect, particularly if you've just come down from the championship, you, you kind of expect to be able to go, especially against, you know, these teams lower down in the table. Um, you mentioned Burton, obviously, who you, he played earlier in the season. And uh, I think the game against Burton was what he first gave in the season. You won. And then you've then played teams like Leighton Orient and played Lincoln. And you, you, you struggle to create, as you said. And I think it's uh, we look at some of the players that you've got playing for you. And, and Shane Lavery is a great example. As you said, he, he scored quite a lot of goals in preseason and then got two goals against Burton in the first game but since then hasn't scored is there a uh is there an issue with your like strikers taking any chances or is it literally a case of you just not creating at all because you mentioned obviously in some cases your xg has been pretty good you know it's not a case of completely just chance creation is is poor but is there is there an issue with strikers not taking chances as well or is it a case of just you're just not creating enough for them at the right points of the game. Probably more so the latter. Um, we had a chance against Exeter in the last minute. Uh, the ball comes through to Virtues, a midfielder, and keeper. Their, their keeper rushes out, and he and he could have slid it under there. Ends up hitting it like quite central into into his into his belly, and it was a half decent save. But I can't really pinpoint any game apart from Lincoln where Hamilton's had an empty net and Rhodes has had a a chance you'd expect him to score, but he only just came onto the pitch where we've missed some absolute sitters or thinking, oh, keeper's made a worldly save there. And Leighton Orient springs to mind where um, our press was excellent. Lavery's hit a shot on the edge of the box and his keeper's made a brilliant save. But that's where we're frustrated as Blackpool fans. We haven't gone out and made, you know, seven or eight chances in a game really, apart from Wigan where um, the keeper had an excellent game and, We've we've just been very lacklustre in a sense of what expect what we expected to to what we've actually achieved on the pitch and it might click he might continue to play that until one one game it goes right this is what I actually want but because we have yet to see it come to fruition and those chances not happen and we're losing games or drawing games or we're not scoring away from home this is where I'm trying to find some inspiring sort of talk right now for, for Blackpool Football Club because. Like I said, yeah, it's, it's what we want to see is not what's happening and what we expected from Critchley 
coming here and saying we want promotion, we want this, we want that, and the whole ethos of the club is to to fight back. He's yet to be brave enough to say, right, I'm going to play players a bit differently. I'm going to set up a bit differently. I'm going to be braver and I'm going to create chances for our strikers. It's it's an over-reliance on us not scoring and having the odd chance versus risking a goal or two to, to score three or four, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a case of kind of like, don't be beaten and, and try and get something from the game before you actually go out and try and win a game, which is... It's a risky strategy, I guess, if you're going to want to try and get yourself promotion at the end of the season. And yeah, I mean, when you look at some of the quality of the players that you do have, you mentioned Shane Lavery, Jordan Rhodes up front. Um, it, it does feel like Blackpool should should be able to put away those teams kind of lower down in the division, I think. And I mean, tell us about some of kind of the the other key players in, in the side at the minute. I know Lavery's not played for a few games. I'm assuming that's because Jordan Rhodes is kind of taking his spot in the side in, in recent weeks. But tell us about kind of some of the, the more critical Blackpool players that we should be looking out for this weekend. Um, yeah, Levery hasn't played because he, he pulled his hamstring at Lincoln, so it left him out for three or four weeks. And the international break did him the world of good because I think he was ready for Wickham, but he's rested him for the, for the Reading game. Um, key players, Grimshaw, the goalkeeper, has made some stunning saves this season and he's Evidently, a level above League One. So, you know, he played against you guys, um, actually, and he made some decent saves um, against you. So, you might know him. Um, Casey's been brilliant this season alongside Husband. So, the centre back, um, centre backs in, in a free. Pennington's very consistent at the back. Um, in midfield, I'd like to say Norburn should have had a bigger impact by now. He's definitely a key player, but that where we set up is where I'm about to say we haven't got too many devastating players because the centre of the park is where we want to shine um, and we're not doing that. But a key player would be would be Norburn when he's up to it. Jensen Weir, you might be familiar with, he played at Morecambe. Um, quite a lot of goal contributions as well as being a creative spark in the middle. So I think when we get going in those those um, those areas, you know, there'll be a big threat. But if I had to name a few, Rhodes, Grimshaw, um and husband so far this season, one to look out for who hasn't started the game yet, but does look like he's going to either start soon or or, or play a few more minutes is that of Karamoko Dembele, who's on loan from Brest in, in, in Ligue 1. Um, he finds pockets of space really well. He's not scared to take on players and get that ball into the danger areas and have a shot. And Killian Kouassi, who came from Sutton on a free absolute unit of a striker really big really strong so I'd like to see those two get some minutes but um, Dembele is certainly going to be a threat if he starts and I know you're used to seeing young players have fearlessness about them but we have yet to see that so far this season so he was a real bright spark in the Barrow game in the EFL Cup and when he came on against Wickham. It's interesting you've got these kind of like youngsters who are itching to get minutes and and not yet getting minutes Uh, it feels kind of Opposite, yes, they're opposite to where we're at currently with uh, youngsters kind of pushing through um, and, and getting those minutes. And it's uh, it, you mentioned the midfield, obviously, as a midfield three, and, and you've got Norburn playing in there. And I think you've got um, Virtue and Morgan as well playing in central midfield. He you signed in summer, and uh, yeah, is it sorry, sorry is it is, is the central midfield three a a case of they play as a free so that you can keep the ball or is it a case of the free are playing as a free so that you're um you're able to put pressure on the the 
opposition high up the field or kind of what's the, the central three's role? Because obviously that that three in the central midfield is, you know, going to overpower in terms or overman quite a few teams in this division who, who might play two central midfielders. Um, so what's kind of the, I guess, what's what's the intention to play three central midfielders for? Um, that's, I'd hate to rinse and repeat what I spoke about, but that's where we're frustrated because if you look at Albie Morgan, who is, who's got an indifferent opinion at Charlton, they've said he's excellent, he's very energetic, very creative, maybe a luxury player. Um, he's, you know, he's been okay, um, at best. And then you've got Jensen Weir and, and Ollie Norburn. My ideal, idealistic role for those two would be, one does the sitting and one does the creativity whilst the other one sort of mops up or sorry, Norba mops up with the other two, you know, bomb forward and break up play and, and creates chances for, for either to spread out wide or, or play in the strikers behind. But that's really yet to come to any fruition. If I'm honest, there hasn't been a game where we've gone, that's their role. And you might find on Saturday, we start 15, 20 minutes in and we really have a high press and we create chances from that. And in those 20 minute moments, we've gone, if we do this for 60, 70 minutes, we could win two or three nil here. But it seems if we don't score in those first 20 minutes, we then let the opposition come into the game, revert back to kind of being quite stagnant and therefore end up being happy with the odd chance and a nil nil or we get punished. Um, so ideally, you know, Norburn sits while um, we're and another one really hurt teams in a three. Uh, and we have wingers um, in a four four two or four three three, and we be Blackpool FC, and we you know we 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 go out of our way to try and hurt teams, but currently we're doing the opposite to that. So having the odd spell of possession and pressure, and those three not really being the players that they they can be. You mentioned on uh, your podcast around the fact that you, you do play better against the teams who are slightly more kind of favoured in possession. Um, I think you mentioned the Wigan game, which you won two one a couple of weeks ago, and you won that one in the last minute of the game. Um, it, they obviously are, you know, high in possession team. Um, Reading, are, I think, are, are trying to be kind of similar to, to that. They, they do seem to, you know, dominate possession in games currently. Um, I think we're, we're averaging 55 or 56% possession in games. It, do, you, do you think in those kind of games, Blackpool are, are more suited and they're able to kind of set up with that low block then and then be able to try and punish teams you know, on, on the break, as it were. Yep, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think if I was to give credit to, to Carucci for any game this season, it is that Wigan game because Hamilton, who is playing at wing-back, which he, he cannot do, played much more higher up um, and therefore when he received the ball, he was ready to burst into the box rather than kind of make a decision whether he needs to go forward or stay back. So... The only game this season where we've had low possession was that Wigan game and we had one of the highest shots, the highest XG, and we scored two goals. And actually we conceded um, about five, ten minutes after going back to 5-3-2, crossed the ball into the box. We allowed a free header for McGuinness and, and it went in and luckily we hit them on the counter and we showed great composure to win that game. But the moment we reverted back to what we weren't doing, we got punished for. So... What we'd like to see is what we happened in the first 70 minutes more consistently throughout the season. So I'm hoping you come to us with a bit of fearlessness, but I'm also hoping he shows that bravery of 
playing higher midfielders as wingers rather than wing backs and trying to attack down your sides. And we might concede a couple because you've got some extraordinary talent, but we also might put you under pressure, which you have yet to really experience this season with, with a young back line. It's it's an interesting one, I think, with uh, uh, and how how that game is going to play out, really, in terms of if we if we do keep the ball, you know how how we're going to be able to break down that low block because I think the the only real example Reading have had against a, a true low block this season so far for a full game has been Cambridge, and we really struggled to create many chances until we were behind. So it will be interesting to see whether we're able to create chances. And and you mentioned obviously husband and, uh, at centre back and. And you mentioned Grimshaw, who's who's the goalkeeper, as kind of players who've stood out so far this season for you. Is there any kind of like areas which Reading might look to exploit this weekend um, going forwards, or you know, is it set pieces, or is there any areas where where Reading might have some joy? So where we've conceded the goals this season, um, Wickham was two crosses. The second one was abysmal. It was across from the right to the left, two centre-backs kind of stood in each other's way while Hanlon just tucked it in. Folks's goal for Wickham was a cross. It was, it, it was half a yard offside. Um, nonetheless, it was a cross. Great save by Grim, Grimshaw and he, and he tap in the rebound. Lincoln, we gave away two penalties. And the other one, we let the man run into the box and have a shot. And other than that, really, we haven't conceded too many goals apart from Wolves in the cup. So set pieces or crosses where we're not really paying attention will hurt. Um, and if we're being stagnant within the midfield, like I've spoken about, if we allow you to play, you're going to be five, ten times better than other teams that have come to Bloomford Road this season. Port Vale and Leighton Orient cut us open a couple of times down the down the wings where, where we were trying to create an attack or through the centre. Grimshaw got us out as a whole, or if it wasn't for some poor finishing on a cutback from Moncur, we would have lost those games too. So... If you can create chances down down the wings and, and you can move the ball in the final thirds quickly and we're not switched on, you undoubtedly will get chances. Undoubtedly. So after after last Saturday, we, we do seem to have hopefully turned the corner with those kind of like wide chances. So that that you know that's pleasing to hear because it's been such a long time since we've won at Bloomfield Road. I think we discussed it on your podcast. The Blackpool record at Modeski has been horrendous in recent years and Kind of the opposite way around for Reading traveling to Blackpool. I think the last time we won was uh, before the turn of the century at um, at Blackpool. So it's been a while, certainly, just after the turn of the century. Anyway, it's definitely been twenty years plus. Um, so, I mean, do you think that curse might end for Reading this weekend? If I had to get a score prediction from you, uh, it's hard to give a score prediction, but I'm, I'm, I'm be, I'll be willing to give one. Um, I think. From a Blackpool's perspective, if he doesn't try something new, then yes, there's every chance that you you can walk away because LS is brave and your players are, are fearless and you're growing week in, week out. If we start the opposite way and Dembele potentially starts and maybe Hamilton plays further forward, I see a much more positive result for Blackpool. So it sounds all doom and gloom. I understand these 20 minutes we've spoken about Blackpool. It's more of an expectation thing from how our season's gone to to how we expected it. He needs to change the system or he needs to be braver in this system. So if we see a Dembele start further forward with with Rhodes and Lavery and and potentially like an Owen Dale or, or Hamilton further forward, I see a much more different game from Blackpool. And I think we could win two 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 nil. 
um, if we set up in the way that we have done and we and we show you respect, which we shouldn't do. Um, I appreciate your talent, but we shouldn't do it at home. Then I see you nicking it 2-1. I think I've uh, I've been, what's the word? I've been cursed by uh, cursed by Blackpool in the past. I think I've made three or four trips up there. I've never seen us, never seen us win. So I've, uh, I've gone for a 1-1. And, uh, I'll quite happily take the latter of your predictions though this, this weekend. I think. Uh, yeah, I just, I just like to see. You know, I really, I know you didn't um, potentially, but I really enjoyed the Cambridge game against Reading. I, I watched it. I watched it with interest because of the one your situation, which, which I've explained that I want you to get out of as soon as possible. But two, I like Celis's mentality in, in a sense of he doesn't really mind who he puts on the pitch it's his ideologies and how you move the football and Mark Bonner's an incredible manager for Cambridge and I think the, the, the pace was set early wasn't it with that early chance for Cambridge but also you could see what you were trying to do despite it being quite a, a poor game for your standards I suppose so it was a very interesting game to watch and I could see what you were trying to do and and it's certainly come to fruition with, with the 2-1 and the 9-0 so every credit to, to what you're trying to achieve so if we match you in that respect then we could have won. We could have one hell of a game on Saturday. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's uh, fingers crossed. It is a good game. Certainly between two sides who are hoping um, that they are able to move up the table with with you and mid table and us just inside the relegation zone at the minute. Thank you for joining us, Tom, today. And uh, if you want to check out Tom's podcast, it's the It's Not Orange podcast. Tom, it's available. I'm assuming on all podcasting platforms everywhere. Yeah, it's just 13 or 14 episodes in now, which started this season. So um, I live in Colchester, so I'm a good nearly 300 miles away from Bloomfield Road. So I started to be close to the fan base and, and be involved with the club a lot more. So if you can rate it five star and give, you, give your preview show a listen, it's the first half an hour um, or 40 minutes as, as it was. So it was a pleasure to have you on and hopefully we get some listens from you guys as well. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's definitely worth a worth a listen because we went through a number of reading issues for that 40 minutes so yeah appreciated of your time today tom um he's already kind of taken my line here about the uh rate us five stars so if you have enjoyed today's podcast rate us five stars as well as the uh, it's not orange podcast on itunes and and spotify as well and uh, we'll be back after the blackpool game on sunday hopefully bringing three points back to berkshire fingers crossed and um we will speak to you all then Nice one. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers.